Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Did you come to worship him tonight? Amen. The Lord is so good. He's so powerful. He's so wonderful. He's everything that his word says he is. There's no hype with God. He can back it up. And if it's in his word, he's bound by it. Both good and bad, he's got to stick to his word. If the Lord said that he'll heal, that means he still heals. If it said that he delivers, he still delivers. God hasn't changed. People have. God's just as powerful as he's ever been. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Revival's not waiting on God. Revival's waiting on us. Deep still calls unto deep. And there's just as much power today in the name of Jesus as there's ever been. All God needs is a body. All God needs is an individual that says, you know what? I'll step out and I'll obey the word of God. He hasn't changed. Amen. Such a pleasure to be with you tonight in the house of the Lord. Thank you so much for coming, worshiping. Blessing God with your worship. I believe the Lord is pleased. The Lord has done great things over these past few weeks. You know, revival is multidimensional. Revival is multidimensional. Everybody likes the highs of revival. I love the highs. It's up to me. Let's roll and shout every time we come to the house of God. But you have a one-dimensional Christian. It's multidimensional. So you have to allow God to work as he sees fit to work in the body. And the Lord has been working in this church in such a beautiful fashion. And I just, I'm of the opinion that God still knows best. You know, when Abraham was taking Isaac up the mountain, Isaac said, well, dad, we have the wood and we have the rope and we have all of this stuff, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, well, son, the Lord will provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice. That was Abraham's plan. But when it came down to it, God didn't provide a lamb. He provided a ram. And if it was up to Abraham... And if he'd have stuck with his plan and what he had told his son, Isaac would have died. Because he didn't say a ram. He said a lamb. But I've come to the realization that you've got to take what God gives you. 
And when it comes to the Word of God and revival, you've got to let God do what God wants. And you've got to forget about what you want because God still knows best. You've got to take what God gives you. Amen. God still knows best. Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you so much for your kindness and your hospitality to my family. I appreciate the trust put in, in me to deliver the word of God. Don't take it lightly. I believe the Lord wants to talk to us tonight. Ephesians chapter 6 beginning with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I pause to tell you real quickly that you can't live for God in and of yourself. The only way that you can live for God is in the power of his might. We're not good enough to live for God in and of our flesh. The only way that we can succeed as being a Christian is in the Lord. In the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God. She may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shall with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Drawing your attention back to verse 13. And having done all, you've exhausted everything. Trying to stand. Stand, therefore. I preach tonight standing when sitting seems easier. Standing when sitting seems so much easy, easier. Father, tonight we need the help of the Holy Ghost. You've got a wonderful, wonderful group of people in this place that have a strong desire to see revival, to be used by you, to affect their community, to affect their world. God, these are wonderful people that are trying their dead level best to make an impact in their world. And I ask tonight that the Spirit of the Lord would touch us in a special way and that you would have liberty in this place. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord as you're being seated? It is my opinion, strictly opinion, but you may share the same opinion, that our world, mainly I'll focus on America, has experienced a monumental generational shift. Previous generations, many of you in this building, were accustomed to physical labor. In your upbringing, you knew what it was like to work the fields. You knew what it was like to work with livestock. 
you knew that you didn't really have an option growing up. You were going to work. I remember my dad, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, he had a little mowing business. He worked shift work at the refinery. And uh, I had three, two brothers. There was three boys. And we were cheap labor. $5 a day. And I liked one yard. The lady gave us an extra $5 each just because she liked us. So I always went and mowed that yard. But I'll never forget growing up and hearing that old diesel engine come around the corner. My heart sank because I knew I didn't have a vote. We was loading up. We was going to cut grass. I dread cutting grass. If it was up to me, I'd cement the whole yard. We're just going to cement this thing and we're going to eliminate cutting grass but but many of you understand what it's like to have to work the man that didn't work didn't eat american culture has shifted drastically in regards to manual labor and i dare say that society has produced young men and women that don't understand the meaning of working in spite of it didn't matter how you felt Years ago, if you wanted to support your family and, and you wanted to eat, then you had to get up and go to work. Working in spite of. Whether it be laziness or a warped view of reality, individuals today are more reluctant to engage in a task that would require much effort or energy. This sad reality is not only affecting the secular world, but I dare say that it is bleeding over into the spiritual realm. It seems as though people today would rather rest than work, eat than fast, play than pray, or sit than stand. Although we know what needs to be done spiritually, at times it's more convenient to do what we want rather than what we need. Peter said it best when he said, The Spirit is willing. That old flesh, that flesh is weak. It's easy to sit through a service and feel the need to fast or pray, but when you walk out those doors, reality is waiting you. Reality is, I think I'm going to go ahead and eat, although I plan to fast three days. I've sat through services. I've been through many a 40-day fast on a pew. I'm telling you, I fasted a long time in a, during the middle of a message. My spirit was so willing to do it. I prayed many all-night prayer meetings through a 30-minute message because my soul was so stirred that I wanted to do it for God. But I never followed through with one of those all-night prayer meetings. Because when I walked out those doors, my flesh intersected my spirit. And I yielded to what was easiest rather than what was necessary. It's our responsibility to put forth the effort it takes to live for God to the best of our ability. If we do a word comparison tonight in the word of God. It'll show you that standing has always been more prevalent than sitting. 
word stand is mentioned 274 times, whereas sit is mentioned 113 times. Standing is mentioned 55 times, whereas sitting is mentioned 43 times. Stood is mentioned 339 times, whereas sat is mentioned 192 times. In every tense of the word, standing outnumbered sitting. The definition of sit is to rest with the body or to remain quiet or inactive. Definition of stand is to be in an upright position on the feet or to face or encounter. I'm going somewhere, just go with me. Sitting implies spiritual inactivity, passiveness, carelessness, or laziness. Standing or spiritual activity implies readiness, willingness, loyalty, and respect. If I may use an illustration to show you the difference between standing and sitting, I'll first draw your attention to the Occupy Wall Street protesters. In my opinion, it's a reflection of the laziness of Americans today. What are they doing? Sitting. What are they accomplishing? They're just sitting. They're doing absolutely nothing. They're just sitting. But you go to Egypt and you go look at those protesters and there's a distinct difference because they're ready to fight. They're standing. They're ready. They're loyal to the cause. You're not going to catch them off guard. And you wouldn't want to be caught in the middle of them. You may not make it out alive. If you draw a comparison between the two, which one is more of a threat? And which one has more has had more success? The ones that are standing. The ones that are taking a stand for what they believe is right. They're the ones that are changing their world. Hear me tonight. When you were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and God delivered you from your past and from the sin that kept you bound, He didn't fill you with His Spirit so you could sit on a pew and do nothing. But God gave you the Holy Ghost so you could stand against the evil of this world. He gave you the Holy Ghost to stand against wickedness, to stand for what is right, and to engage in a war. Standing when sitting seems easier. Hear me tonight. God is still in control. He doesn't expect you to have the answer. He just wants you to stand. He doesn't expect you to figure out how your problem is going to be resolved. Just stand. He doesn't expect you to be able to explain all the happenings of the Spirit. He said, just stand. 
I'm God. I don't need you to figure it out. I'm God. I just want you to stand. Just stand. Standing for God means standing for righteousness. Doing what is right, even when what is wrong is much more pleasing. And I tell someone tonight, right is always right, and wrong is always wrong. Right is not subject to your interpretation, but right is subject to the Bible. And if the Bible says right is right and wrong is wrong, then there's no gray area. It's not right depending on your situation or wrong depending on your situation. Right is right and wrong is wrong. It's always that way. Sitting, doing nothing, spiritual inactivity, coming to church, Sitting on a pew, raising your hands, but going back home and doing nothing until the next time it's church time. That's sitting. You may be coming in here and standing and do it, but, but sitting in a spiritual sense is what you've been doing. God expects you to stand. You're a warrior of the cross. Ephesians 6 depicts the saint of God as a warrior. As a warrior. Loins girt about with truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. Sword of the spirit. The Bible says that having done all to stand. Stand therefore. Hear me tonight. The armor which we just read. All of it serves as defensive mechanisms except one which was the sword of the spirit this denotes in my mind a as a warrior you will encounter spiritual warfare but also that there must be a balance of defense and offense to stand properly one must first be clothed in the armor of God, which in a spiritual sense, let me break it down and relate it to you the, this way. All of the armor except the word of God serves as defense, which is prayer and fasting. Now let me take you to the word of God. The Bible says that Jesus went to the wilderness to be tempted. 40 days. See, we run from problems and temptation and Jesus is going looking for him he said I'm going I'm going there because I'm going to be tempted so for 40 days he prayed and he fasted defense spiritual preparation for what lied ahead which was the temptation or the encounter with the adversary and when the adversary showed up he shifted from defense and he went to the sword of the spirit or offense and three times he said it is written he shifted from defense 40 days of preparation of the spirit and he went to his offensive weapon which was the sword see Jesus had to use the word 
Who am I to think that my words are enough to conquer the enemy? When Jesus didn't even use his, he had to go to the word of God. And we try to conquer the enemy through our own vocabulary and our own prayers. And our, but the word of God ultimately has all power over the devil. If Jesus had to use the word, then we have to use the word. Hear me. The reason some people can't stand is because, A, they're not operating in the armor and they're not using defense and offense in their standing. I'm not talking about an upright position right now. I'm talking about taking a stance for something. Standing for righteousness. And there's a lot of unstable Christians. They can't just stand. They can't just stand. They're going back and forth, flopping around. But but if you use your prayer and your fasting, coupled with the offense of the word of God, then you'll be stable in living for God. There's nothing more frustrating to a preacher, but I also believe to God, than seeing an unstable saint fluctuating from the highs and the lows. God's the best thing that ever happened. Why doesn't God hear my prayer? Is God ever going to use me? Back, forth, back, forth. But they're not trying, they're not standing according to the word of God. See, before he said it, having done all to stand, he said, here's your armor. This is how you're going to stand. I'm not going to expect you to stand without me equipping you to stand. But I'm going to give you the tools necessary for you to be stable and to stand. And when you've done everything, just keep standing. Just keep standing. See, Jesus knew offense, defense. I'll prepare myself through prayer and fasting. And when the, when the enemy does show up, I'll just use that sword. He was stable. He was stable. Standing is accomplished through defense and offense, prayer, fasting, and the word of God. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego what it's like to stand when sitting would have been so much easier. They were faced with an impossible situation. Impossibilities around. It would have been so easy. It's so easy just to bow that one time and ask for forgiveness later. So easy. And there's people that they'll make exceptions when it comes to certain temptations and certain things. It'd be so easy just to sit this one time and ask for forgiveness and come back to church and just keep on rocking with it. That's so easy. Anybody can do that. But someone who really loves God. They're going to stand when sitting is so much easier. Turn it up seven times harder. I don't care because I've got a made up mind. I'd rather die standing for righteousness than bow down to something that is ungodly. Hear me tonight. I don't know what you're going through, but you got to have a made up mind. If this is the end, then I'm going to stand until the bitter end. If this is the way I'm going out, then I'm going to go out standing for truth, standing for what is right, standing, 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 standing. Moses. Moses, I'm going to deliver the children of Israel. What? All they know is bondage. I don't care. I'm going to deliver them. And here's what I'm going to do. You get them ready. You get all of their tent ready. And when I get ready to pass over, 
I want them standing eating that meal. I don't want them lounging in the tents. I don't want them stretched out, have to get their clothes on, get the camels ready. No, when I move, I move swiftly. So I want them standing. Hear me tonight. I'm talking to a church that's fixing to be on the move. God's ready to do something great. And he doesn't need people that are just going to sit back and expect somebody else to carry the load. And expect somebody else to stand. Expect somebody else to pray. Expect somebody else to worship. But God says, I just need a church that will stand. I just need you to stand every time you come to the house of God. Just stand. Let me do the revival. But you just keep standing. So I'm faced with an impossibility at the Red Sea. That's all right, Moses. Just stand. See, we we expect revival to come through our ability. We expect miracles to happen through our ability. We can't do it. We can do our part. But when it's all said and done, God gives the increase. We just have to keep standing. We just have to keep praying. We just have to keep fasting and intercede and doing our part because God gives the increase. Standing. Now is not the time to sit and expect others to stand. God wants you to stand. There was a woman brought before Jesus, caught in the very act of adultery. Now, the Bible says that Jesus was first seated. And from the seated position as a judge, he could have executed judgment on this woman in the role of a judge. The Bible says he stood and began to write in the ground. And when he was done, woman, where was your accusers? It would have been nothing for Jesus just to sit and execute judgment on her. It would have been nothing. But he stood. Sitting would have been a lot easier. And there was a time in humanity when we were lost we were filthy. Mankind had sinned. God was seated on his throne in heaven. And from the seated position as a judge, he could have executed judgment on his creation. He could have wiped us out. He could have, he could have, he could have penalized us and sent us to hell. Because of our sin. He said no. No. I think I'll clothe myself in flesh. And he was born of a virgin. In a stable. Introducing the world. To the first member. Of a stable generation. He was criticized, he was made fun of, he was spit on, he was abused. You think of it, you God, it happened to him. 
And I, I just, this early, earlier today in prayer, was thinking of all the things that must have happened to him as he walked on that road to Calvary. The pain, the hurt. But he said, no, I've got to take a stand. And he stood on the side of Golgotha's hill with sitting would have been so much easier. You know why you and I are here tonight? He stood. You know why we can come to this beautiful place and we can worship and we can dance and we can praise God? It's because he stood. He stood. I'm talking to a prayer warrior tonight that, that you've been, you've been taking some time off and you're interceding. You've been taking some time off and reaching for lost loved ones in your prayers. The devil would love nothing more than to convince the church to take time off. Let somebody else carry the load. Let somebody else do it. Why don't you just sit a while? But no, no, no. If there's going to be revival, it's going to be because there's people that stand. It's going to be because somebody will wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning because there's a burden on their heart for someone and they're going to take a stand against the enemy and the evil that's trying to overtake them. I'm talking about standing. When sitting seems so much easier, hear me tonight. It is the trick of the enemy to keep you cradled in the arms of comfort. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. Comfort is to the spirit what the coffin is to the corpse. If you get bound by comfort and you never want to break out of your little social bubble and your box that you, that you operate in, then God can never use you in a greater dimension. And the church, if it gets locked in the realm of comfort uh, and they like things done their way uh, and they like it like, no, God doesn't have to do it your way. God doesn't have to meet uh, uh, the criteria that you lay. You got to let God be God and you got to let God give the increase uh, and you got to let God win who he wants to win. He didn't ask you to plan it all out. He asked you to stand. He asked you to stand. Just stand. When you come into church and, and Sister Sally isn't here worshiping like she always is, why don't you take her place? Why don't you worship? Why don't you do it? When you come to prayer and the person that normally cranks it up isn't there, why don't you crank it up? Just stand. Just stand. It's so easy to take a night off. During this revival, we've had some powerful church. And if we're not careful, we'll just settle out. And we'll just enjoy what God's already done. God sees something greater. God sees something greater. There's a greater revival. There's a greater dimension that this church has ever known. But it's not going to happen if we just sit and enjoy the past victories. Many people look at revival as a rest home instead of a rest stop. They're still stuck on revivals 20 years ago. How wonderful that was. God never intended for that revival to be where you ended. God intended for that, to, that revival to be what propels you into another dimension in God. It's not a rest, a rest home. It's a rest stop. It's where you get revived. It's where God renews you and takes you to another dimension. I was in youth service one time. We had some powerful youth services. And I mean, one of my first youth services as a, as a youth pastor in Westlake, 
They had two two young men there that needed the Holy Ghost. And we prayed. I, we prayed for everybody. We had a prayer line just like we did the other night. I'm talking, it was just powerful moves of God, but these two young men didn't get the Holy Ghost. Said, well, I just got a little upset because I wanted them to get the Holy Ghost. So I said, well, well we're going to pray these two guys through. And when I said it, I was like, wow, well, we better pray these guys through because I just put a lot of pressure here. And I had everybody gather around him right here in the front. And I told him, I said, I want you all to say nothing but Jesus. And when the Holy Ghost comes out, you're going to be talking like a baby. And I mean, it wasn't 30 seconds. And both of them were talking in tongues. They hit the floor. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost fell in that place. Every young person was laid out in the Holy Ghost till about 11, 11, 30 o'clock at night. It was like fire in that place. And I coasted on that for a while. But I wanted it to happen every time. And about six months, eight months later, I'm sitting here going, God. Look, you remember what you did there? Why can't we have that again? He spoke to me and said, because you won't appreciate it. You won't appreciate it if I do it every time. And I said, well, well, God, it seems like we've, we're going backwards. We're not having those kind of services. He said, no. He said, what was once the ceiling is now the floor. And what was once the dimension you were striving for, you're now standing in. And that's what happened Sunday night. That what was once the ceiling in your spiritual life is now the dimension you're standing in. And you can't look at it as, oh, we haven't had one of those in a while. Maybe we're doing something wrong. No, no. You're fixing to go what was once the ceiling again. It's now going to be the floor that you're standing on. It's called spiritual progress. Spiritual progress. And if all we had was swinging from the chandelier services, we wouldn't appreciate it. So what do you do between the high and the high? You stand. The devil would love to just tell you, well, it's not going to get any better. Just sit down and you just do your own thing. No, you keep standing. So my, my, my daughter lost out with God. My son's not serving God. Keep standing. But my husband's not living for God. Or my wife walked away from God. Keep standing. You keep standing. You stand when sitting seems easier. You stand. You stand. You stand. Stand with me right now. If I could just get a musician to come. See, Jesus stood. Now he expects us to stand. When our time is over, we have stood for truth. You better believe that God knows how to reward you properly. Revelation 3.21 To him that overcometh, to that person that stood in spite of everything, that person that overcame all the wickedness of this world, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame or I stood and am sat down with my Father in His throne. When you've done all the standing and your time is over, God said, all right, why don't you sit? Why don't you rest with me? You stood for me. 
Now sit with me. Now sit with me. If I could coin a phrase tonight, be the words of the song, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Hear me, friend. You may not understand what you're going through. You may not be able to make heads or tails of the chaos in your life. That's not an excuse to sit and expect God to take care of your problems. You keep standing. When sitting seems easier, keep standing. I'm talking to some patriarchs, some some people here that's, that's been in this church a long time. You've seen a lot of things happen that could discourage you. Don't use it as a reason to sit and expect other people to carry the load. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. Because there's coming a day when your standing is going to pay off. When you're sitting around the throne of God and singing holy, 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 holy talking about standing tonight and sitting seems so much easier I invite everyone in the building tonight as a sign of your standing for God in spite of everything that you may be facing I invite you to show it by coming to the front as a unified body of believers in the building would you come God we're going to stand no matter what we face as a church No matter what we face as an individual, it's not going to deter us. We're not going to take a night off, but we're going to keep standing. We're going to keep standing. We're going to keep standing. We're going to keep standing.